Welcome to another fabulous edition of Sideshow Frasier. If you're not familiar, this is a podcast about Frasier and one other show from the same broadcast week in history. It's hosted by me, Steve Shackelford, and my good short-time friend, Jordan Wilson. Short-time friend? I thought you were just going to call me short. Short no, friend. We Very into, short man. We got into a huge fight last week. It was terrible. So we're, we're renewed. <laughs> we started we over. renew our vows and stuff like that. That was a huge fight. It was this ice thing in Dallas. It froze over, and you threw a snowball right at my nose, and it was an ice ball. Yeah, it had a rock in it. I'm sorry about that. And I went to an ice ball when I was like 15 or 16. It was like a dance. It was a beautiful gala. Who was was it? Was there a live band or anything cool, or was it just a Cinderella and the Mice? Cinderella and the Mice. That's I've heard the of the metal band. That's Cinderella. Yeah, it's they, badass. They were easy to get, like twenty bucks. <laughs> It was incredible. It's incredible. Well, this week on Sideshow Frasier, we've got a wonderful one. Uh, this was episode six of Frasier, The Crucible. And our Sideshow of the week is Full House. Uh, this Now, hang with me. This is Smash Club, the next generation. So it's not really designed for Star Trek fans, even though that's a nod in the title there. Oh, I'm hanging in the entire time because I absolutely enjoyed it, it, it personally. It, and this is one where it's fun because this one was geared towards kids, full house. So Frasier seemingly more geared towards adults. So <laughs> watching them both now at 37 is an <laughs> interesting experience <laughs> for sure. We are like, okay, uh, very different viewing experiences on primetime TV there. Yeah, I was more excited about Full House than I was of last week's Sideshow, that's for sure. What? Oh, oh of last week's Sideshow. Yeah, not, not of not of Frasier, <laughs> not of course. Frasier, I'm always excited for. It's all just, right, yeah. All right, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That, that tracks, okay. Last week's Sideshow, for those of you that just instantly skipped over it, Please go back and download, even if you never listen. I don't care. Just give us the download. I don't care one bit. I don't care. We make zero money off this. This costs me money and time, and I love doing it for Frasier. But Saved by the Bell was very difficult last week, the college years. That took years off my life. Um, So (laughs) this one, Full House, Smash Club, not quite as aging. I just realized I, I brought the absolute worst combination yeah, of beverage thank, for, thank, like, thank in a metal that. cup with little ice. It's I, designed for podcasting. Uh, podcasting. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> sounds, here. Um, sounds like a like a, a market, big professional like an outdoor studio. market fair. God, yeah, it, does sound like, <laughs> it sounds like a cowbell yeah. or some you know mama's it's calling like a, the dinner. It's in. Like the, the tailgate party at a rodeo. Ooh, <laughs> I've never been to a rodeo. You haven't been to a no, rodeo, Steve? We live in Texas. I've been to Billy Bob's once. Did I you think, boot scoot? I, I was pretty. Did I you get out? I don't and boot think scoot? I boot scooted, man. I'm gonna be honest. I've actually been a few times. I don't recall ever boot scooting and getting out there. I've certainly boogied. Now's the but time. Never boot scooting. <laughs> <laughs> you've done the. You've done the last part of that. I, exactly. I've done a lot of boogieing in my day. Not enough boot scooting. No, not enough boot scooting. I wonder if Frazier's ever done any boot scooting. I don't know. They should have had. They should have had an episode in which Frazier went to like a country club and not like a, <laughs> not, not a country club because you know Frazier's absolutely a member of a country club i would assume but uh like a you know like a country and western club i i'm i would imagine there's got to be some kind of nod other than you know episode three we did and i already forgot the name of it where they go claim their stakes there he definitely went to a country western uh steakhouse steakhouse yeah but yeah viewers at this time i would be saying the same thing i'd be like i want to see fraser juxtaposed with a country western bar yeah and and i guess this all needs to be prefaced with the fact that we're trying to pretend that we don't already know this stuff 
It's a, it's a tricky balance <laughs> tricky. here. I try to view it through the lens of of being, uh, of in, being in 1993. That could be confusing to our listeners as a 37 year old man, but also fully well with the knowledge of what it was like uh, when I was eight years old. Sometimes, <laughs> if I had seen the show at that time, uh, it's a very it's ice cold. It's a clean concept. It writes itself. Well, it anyways, you got to go to the rodeo. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Tune in next time when I go to the rodeo and give we'll you a We'll be on cap. location. So in this episode, The Crucible, Frazier throws a cocktail party to show off a new painting he's bought, but he's humiliated when the artist appears and declares it is a forgery. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> Thank I, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> Handmade drops right from Jordan's throat right there. <laughs> uh, when Frazier's attempts to return the painting, sorry, when Frazier's attempts to return the painting to the gallery fail, he plots revenge against the gallery owner. <sighs> yeah, this one did okay. I think we've seen declining viewers each week. This one at twenty two point four yeah. million viewers. I think down from like a twenty three nine the week before. Yeah. So. Tricky. Maybe people were pretty creeped out by that Marty telescope storyline. It's getting closer and closer to Halloween. People are just preparing their decorations. (laughs) That's always see a big Halloween dip. uh, Even though (laughs) you always see that because of the decoration time. It's a seasonal. It's just a seasonal decline. Makes sense. So we start this episode at KACL where Frazier has no callers. So this is contrary to what we've seen earlier in the show where Roz is kind of pre-screening. I think she said, "Hey, you've got X number of callers today." You've got this guy, this guy, this person. <laughs> they just wanted to tell him that he was a wimp. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I think, that's, yeah, you're right. Uh, they definitely did that where they called in and uh, let him know he was a wimp. <laughs> On this one, I think it's a sunshiny day in Seattle. He definitely says that. He's got no callers and, hey, where are you? I was there for you on a rainy day. Now that it's sunny, you got to help me out. You got to call in. And unfortunately, it doesn't go well for the listeners because Frazier busts into That's Amore, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Is that Louis Prima? Who does That's Amore? Uh, I don't know. Let me sing it real quick the entire in its entirety. Mm-hmm. When the... Yeah, Louis Prima. Mm-hmm. That's all we needed to hear. And now we know Mr. Prima is in the building. Uh, he finally gets a call from someone named Gary. I didn't recognize the voice right away, so 1993 me would have had to write a fan letter to a P.O. box, and I'm sure, to figure out who it was. or To be opened by an executive, obviously, because they cared very much about their listeners. They checked the P.O. boxes themselves. They do. They walked down there. I'm pretty sure that's what Tartikoff was doing every day at NBC. He would just wake up, go right up there, and check a P.O. box down at the local mailery, and, uh, you know, see what was going on. <laughs> my, my brain went like... When you were talking just now, my brain just started seeing business guy for some reason on a Segway. I know Segways did not exist in 1993, but now my brain sees it as a Segway or maybe those moon shoes just bouncing down to the P.O. box. Remember moon shoes? I like executives in moon shoes. Executives you can in moon sell shoes. me on that yeah. TV show immediately. Moon shoe I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure the commercial had a guy bouncing off to work. If you guys remember the commercial from, you know, from the early 90s, moon shoes. 
It's been a while since I've caught the moon shoes. You know that they have new moon shoes now. They're called moonwalkers. I saw them. I saw them the other day on on old uh, on the talk. Whatever happened to mooning? You used to be able to moon someone, and I'm not saying that was a good thing. But like <laughs> that was like a thing in movies where you're like, I don't think this is allowed. Why are you allowed to just like press hams up against a window of a car and like? Did you is ever? That not did a you crime? ever get mooned in real life? Like, I don't. Did somebody think, actually moon you? I don't think I've ever been physically mooned where I saw a kid. Just just like drop around and show it or like driven by a car. That's yeah, it's usually in a car, That's right? what I remember like, from movies. From a car exactly. window. You're like, okay. The the Norm MacDonald one in Dirty Work, <laughs> I think they say they're going to do a drive-by mooning and the dude, you know, I forget the, the radio guy's <laughs> name, unfortunately. He's never in good shape. He might even be dead. Uh, Who knows? Artie Lang. That's what Oh, it is. sure. Artie Lang, of yeah, course. Yeah, exactly. That guy is uh, so Norm MacDonald, definitely dead. R.I.P. Sorry, yes. there, Normie. Um, but they're driving by, and Artie Lang sticks his giant rear end <laughs> out the car in front of a movie line because they're like, movie line oh, yeah. and he just pulls over as soon as he gets there and it's norm like they just knew the out. deal like it, it norm just hops out and bails on him and so Artie lang's just left there with his <laughs> giant rump just hanging out of the car window oh, it's, it's one of the great pieces i don't know of cinema i think uh, maybe just it's it's just not widely shown on media as it used <laughs> to be and so I, kids just I, don't I, have that idea i think that's a good thing bart simpson i think used to do a lot of mooning he did right? he would he would moon a lot of people wow. i don't know steve that's a great question i haven't thought about <laughs> where has mooning gone <laughs> i mean i'm not saying it needs to make a comeback no, i'm cool. glad it's gone sure but yeah yeah I wonder when it slowly died. I wonder if we can trace back. Like this was the last public, like <laughs> pop culture mooning moment uh, that we all remember. Like the Mandela moment of mooning. Of mooning. Well, that's what it that is. It's it... a Mandela effect. Nobody ever mooned before ever. Maybe that's true. So, Maybe like, it never existed. We're just remembering that it <laughs> right. existed. Maybe this is all a figment of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Sideshow Frasier, where you get top of the line mooning talk. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, Gary calls in, Frazier gets all dramatic about Gary talking about a trip to Italy, says, hey, Frazier, my big problem is my wife wants to dip into our savings to go on some trip to Italy, but I want a sump pump. Mm-hmm. And we'll get there. Uh, but Frazier, I have no idea what a sump pump is. We'll get there, though. Uh, Frazier injects his life uh, about immediately in, or sorry, about four seconds into this call and just says, Hey, you know what? Uh, I side with your wife here. You know what? Let me tell you what I recently did. I bought a painting. So just spend your money. However, right. In, enrich your soul or whatever. Don't, don't get things that you absolutely need in order for your, (laughs) in order for your home to function normally. Correct. (laughs) And so he, he reveals, Hey, I just bought this painting from a local artist named Martha Paxton. And he brags about it. Like, this guy didn't call in for help to basically say, like, hey, I've got this problem. My wife wants to do this. I want to do this. And Frazier got no context. And it's just like, let me tell you about a painting I bought. And he is overly proud of the painting that he bought. <sighs> Did he get it recently? Is that what he said? Yeah, I think so. He's he Because he, he's going to take it back later. So he, he obviously just bought it. What was the last painting you bought, Jordan? Uh, painting I had these two <laughs> so I had these two paintings 
commissioned. I don't know that you would say commissioned. Oh, please tell, uh, tell me more. But it's it's not really like a, like an actual artist. I would imagine it's AI or something stupid. And you send a picture of your pets in, and they like paint them into like generals and shit. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I got tell one. I, my, my two cats. This was this was you know actually a, kind of a long time ago, a couple of years, but. Uh, they they painted them into like you know military generals and like one of them looks like <laughs> King Henry the Eighth and it's the cat's heads <laughs> like okay. it's pretty awesome. My wife loved them and we hang them prominently in our home. I can't believe you mortgaged your home for that a second <laughs> yeah. mortgage to take take out. Yeah, and then you told me you were getting some tasteful nudes. Yeah, or did. something like that. Uh, I well, can't, I can't tasteful... remember what it was, but it was something like that. It was like one of those Mr. Burns kind of paintings. Sort of, yeah. Except it wasn't a clam. It was like a conch shell. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, my oh my! <laughs> it's yeah. racy, pretty racy stuff. It's a very detailed conch shell. <laughs> yeah, it's a conch shell. It's very racy. Oh yeah. Well, so during this, uh, Miss Paxton calls into the show, and Roz connects her, or Car- yeah, connects her with Fraser. Fraser hops on the phone with her and says, "Hey." Basically lies about, I'm having a cocktail party yeah. on Friday. <laughs> creates and I'm an a entire huge, party. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of yours. Why don't you swing by this party of mine? And Roz immediately is like, hey, asshole, I didn't know you were having a party. You didn't invite me. Yeah, pre- exactly. Pretty much like, we work together every day. You've never mentioned this once. Or <laughs> you're just lying or you're just a jerk. And we find out very playfully that Frazier was just lying about yes. it. So... Then we cut to Frasier's apartment. Real quick at the top, Daphne gives her philosophy on death. Uh, the party's already going on. So basically, there's already people there. But I found it very peculiar, Daphne's philosophy on death. Do you quite remember I what don't. she remind, said? Remind me again what she said. Essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here, I didn't get the exact quote, was that at the end of your life, you get all of the jokes that you've never gotten before, and then you have a little chuckle. And then you die. And I was like, man, that's that's, some that's actually the, probably the best way I'd want to go about it. Like all that stuff that flew over your head, whether it was joke related, maybe. You just or have an whatever. epiphany about it all. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's what it all meant. Like the ultimate drive home joke. Like it's You're going out there. on a bang though. So yeah, maybe you, some people go in their sleep. Some people go out banging lots of different ways to go. <laughs> Uh, so I really enjoyed that, the little chuckle thing. We see Eddie eating a charcuterie board, or mm-hmm. maybe it's a caviar plate. I'm he said it was something, it was super fancy. It was like duck something or other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit fancy, but I'm not quite that fancy. I'm not super Frasiery fancy by any means. Do you eat, do you eat pate? Yeah. Are you that fancy? Yeah, I mean, if I'm going out someplace, then yes, you got to try lots of stuff. And usually the pate is a, a first course kind of thing. You know, it's rarely a, a third course, like heavy portion of like a dish. meal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Main like, or you, whatever. It, that's the thing. Like, you want to try it out. So if they're, if they're making it there, but Barbara and I were a little talking, inhumane, that particular dish you're talking about. Well, Barbara, so like, yeah, Barbara and I were talking about some, you know, fancy foods and like, I like, okay, so fro- foie gras, like I'm, that's just, Duck liver, no? Yeah, maybe that's the one. I think it's... Frog Ross duck we're, liver. We're getting way out of our skis. I need a real chef to get in we're, here quickly. We're getting out of our <laughs> element quickly. <laughs> and like, then caviar. Like, I like caviar on certain, you know, on certain occasions and certain times. I've had murder, you know, caviar. Just eating babies. Caviar's, caviar's good. And then uh, well, the one thing I don't really understand is truffles. What's the, what's the rub with truffles? Why do people love them so much? I know they're rare. So if that's your argument or your defense, th- I know they're rare. 
but like i would rather have a portobello mushroom or something like truffles do not taste good they taste like a like a like a tire fire well i mean that's just one peasant's opinion in my (laughs) plebeian (laughs) very plebeian response Uh, that's fine you can I'll just sit over here with my barrel of truffles. <laughs> truffles and my truffle-finding pigs. Uh, I honestly don't know why there is, uh, like, highly revered other than the rarity of them. I mean, do you and think the truffles... And of the flavor. So that's... I think the rarity is what drives it. Do you it like people... the flavor of truffles, personally? Yeah, they're fine. Ugh. I've never, like, really... You won't eat coleslaw, but you'll eat a bucket full of truffles. I will never eat coleslaw again. Yes, we know. You hammered that home. I've never hammered home anything harder that doesn't need to be hammered again other than coleslaw <laughs> is a garbage I made food. fish and chips and coleslaw just the other day. Just so you know. And I dedicated it to you. I ate the whole thing of coleslaw and I dedicated Steve. Every bite. Steve would hate this. This mm. is Jordan's last episode. Stay tuned next week for <laughs> I've been cut. Sideshow Frazier with Steve I've and been to be announced. That's Just so all of our listeners are aware, that's how it works around here. If you disagree with Steve once, you're gone. <laughs> no, 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 no. Disagreements are allowed. You've disagreed with me plenty of times. It's the Colts law. That's where, where you put your foot down. Exactly. Our company motto is... If you like coleslaw, get the fuck out. All right? <laughs> that's, it. You know, like, that's our entire handbook, okay? That's the best company model I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. That's our entire HR company handbook, and it's very important to me. I wrote it all, and now I'm going to talk to you not about a charcuterie board, but about this weird joke that Niles makes about Maris being... <laughs> I, does he say she's just passed out? Yeah, he fell says she, she says she, he, she gets exhausted, exhausted from yeah. the thought of having to be social or the thought of having to like, okay, <laughs> like do stuff. That seems like she's got some real crippling problems. Like I know it's a, <laughs> a gag for the yeah. show or whatever, but he really minimizes the importance of a human being when it comes to Mara several times. This is like Al's mom on Home Improvement. We're Somebody like, that's a, never there, that never you never hear them. Exactly, or, yeah. and they're just a butt of a joke constantly. They're like, we're going to keep going to this well over and over again. Big Bang Theory does it. They do it with uh, Howard's dad or Howard's mom. Okay. Yep. Um, it's a lot of bang mentions on this one. You okay, man? <laughs> um, I, you know, this is a... I don't want you to get so saucy on here. This is a nice, clean podcast. Even though there's a little E next to this when you download it, I assure you, this is safe for the whole family. <laughs> it's not <laughs> edgy at all. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, so I think, yeah, he says she's passed out uh, on the bed, on Fraser's bed with all the coats, yeah, right? everybody's coat. Weird that he, Fraser sends them into his room. Do you typically make the master the coat room? Or would you send them somewhere else like Marty or Daphne's room? Would you be like, hey, you tidy up your tiny room. We're throwing coats in that closet, that like kind of big closet. Yeah. I don't know decorum for hosting a house party and if the master is. So my mind automatically goes to like like Christmas or any family party at my grandparents' house growing up. And all of the coats were always on her bed. So the master bedroom. All right. So I, I don't know if that's like just how it's done maybe fraser is most proud of his bed he does have the fancy ass you know bed and the, with all the he's got nice book oh, cases yeah, and yeah that's right know, yeah, you know yeah, what i mean exactly. like yeah he's got nice bookcases. he's got good bookcases. he wants well people to see for. his his bookcases mm-hmm. uh, so fraser during this party he or at the beginning of it yeah reveals he's on edge because he doesn't want martin to embarrass him yep would you think maybe he'd have a like 
backup plan for Martin or something. Like, like a football game in the other room or something? Yeah, like, like sure. I mean, he's got Daphne there, and it, you know, maybe he needs Dad, I rented, I rented. I went down to Blockbuster. I rented you Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, <laughs> like, Weekend at Bernie's. Moved or, your chair in there. Yeah, football's, you know, football follies. That would be a good solution. Bloopers. That would be a good solution. Yeah, that's what I was confused about. I was like, it seems like he's leaving a variable in here that he could easily minimize or remove by just giving him an activity Well, and seemingly else. Marty makes a comment about how he's, you know, has to hobnob with the hobnob with the, the higher ups or whatever he calls them, you know, like, so he's like, it's as if he feels out of his element. And mm-hmm. so I don't know, he should have provided him uh, an alternative solution. Yeah. I don't know what Martin was supposed to do at this party other than, oh yeah, there you go. Take a big old swig of that thing. That's our guest star on this uh, the, the special cowbell. episode here. Yeah, exactly. The cowbell cup that Jordan brought. He'll, Sorry. He'll, he'll receive a straw next time on any kind of other cup that doesn't I'm, make noise. I'm not a professional. I don't know. I don't know how this works. No, we're <clears throat> docking your pay for the coleslaw comments and and the noise the cup. Constant throat clearing. <laughs> oh, that's what people tune in for. Uh, that's our side sideshow next week is the throat clears and the cup uh so, uh, so niles is kind of supposed to babysit martin is the point of this like fraser's on edge and he says hey niles will you watch out for the old man basically make sure he doesn't say anything crazy then the door knocks and fraser's like oh my gosh it's her it's martha paxton get you know man all the horses basically let's get everybody ready and then, of course, they do the same joke they've done already a bajillion it's classic. times. It's classic. No letdown joke. Here comes Roz. We were like, all right. You know, the reason people don't like that is because it's just predictable. And for some reason, people don't like to be predictable. I agree. I, I, I mean, I know it's comforting to a certain degree, and they're trying to establish like what's going on. But you just see it coming a mile away when you are watching them in succession and you're kind of digging into it where you're like, all right, well, here comes this bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Roz isn't at the party yet. And we know Roz knows about the party. So most likely this is going to be Roz because Niles is already here. They do it with Niles. They do it with Roz. They do it with whoever. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Columbo. You don't got to figure it all out. No, 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 no. That's right. I've never watched an episode of Columbo, but how dare you? I'm a Matlock man. Damn it. Oh, yeah, you know that. Right. And I know he's not a detective. He's a lawyer, but still, <laughs> I don't care. He solves crimes, doesn't he? Isn't yeah. that what he did? I oh, mean, I think he prosecutes crimes. It's not to kill a mockingbird. Like you can't make an entire show out of just being in the courtroom. I guess they do Matlock all the would time. Never kill a bird. <laughs> ever. Uh, I just don't think he would. Uh, so, Roz shows up all dressed up. Frazier makes a comment about her neck, which is a little asshole-ish, where you're like, oh my gosh, you have a neck. Like Again, this is one issue that I always take with Frazier, and I've watched the series countless times, seriously, and I just don't like how they treat Roz at the beginning. It's frustrating, for sure, where you're like, she's the one who makes your show go. Right. Like, I know you've got a soothing voice. But she's your coworker, and, and Roz is like the coolest chick. So it's like, why? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, he makes that comment like, "Oh, Roz, you have a neck." Yeah, it's, you don't know how to run the board, asshole. She dresses for her job. Like she doesn't. She doesn't make as much money as everybody you. has to be. Diane Chambers to to Frazier. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. Jordan, will uh, did you see the? We'll just interject some reboot news. Oh, here, reboot news. revival news. <laughs> did you see it's being set in Boston? I did. All right, they confirmed that. So 
you excited about any Cheers potential crossovers or I some would, guest appearances? I would for people? hope. I would hope that they do. I would hope that they bring Ted Danson on, and they have and Ted still, you know, Sam still run the bar, and uh, of course, you know, certain characters wouldn't be there. But John Ratzenberger, John Ratzenberger, mm. Cliff Clavin, burgers. He, he he would make you know make an appearance maybe, and and uh, I think that would be re, you know see Rio Perman come in and. Uh, What's your favorite kind of burger? <sighs> Like not brand. Like what? What's your burger? You go on mushroom Swiss. You go on all American. You I like know, just all the fixings. All the fixings is cheese. great. Yeah, sliced cheese. Uh, uh, some bacon. I like bur- so bur- bacon, bacon burger. Bacon cheeseburger. Okay. I like burgers that have onions on them. So like some nice, you know, like so sautéed onions and and. Uh, you do the fried egg. You ever do that burger? Uh, fried egg is delicious. Well, as long as it's not like fr- like fully fried yolk. Like I want the yolk runny on a burger, obviously. Uh, okay. Okay. So. What kind of bun you normally like? You a wheat guy? I'm brioche? a brioche. I'm a brioche guy. I love a crunch of a of a brioche. That soft center. It's almost like a, it's almost like a croissant, a croissant uh, style. Uh, delicious, delicious. What uh, can you get sesame seeds on top of a brioche bread? Do they do that, or is it always just no, like the flat, no. shiny stuff? So in 1976, Congress enacted a law in which sesame seeds, because they were imported from the sesame region of uh, Taipei, they did not let that actually uh, occur. So it's something with something with with agricultural business. I'm not really sure. You guys can look it up. Go ahead. It's worth, it is worth a Google. Yeah, Congress doesn't do shit. Anyway, I'm sure they do lots of stuff. I don't. I watch Frasier. I don't follow politics, and I, and I barely watch Frasier. It's comfort. That was food just for a me. poor. That was just a poor attempt at at making up a joke. Is all that, all that kind of. minus comedy points for that zero minus four? Yeah, there's the glass. Oh yeah, that's what that Peter, signifies when it's funny. <laughs> that's our cup rating of the week. There, <laughs> uh, four jangs of the or jingles of the cup of there. the yeti mm, of the yeti. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Yeti, if you want to throw some money our way, Jordan's been clanging your cup all week, and that's not a euphemism. <laughs> uh, so we see Ross's uh, drink order, uh, double bourbon on the rocks. Pretty pretty badass drink order. Pretty straight up, yeah. It'd probably take me down. I don't think I've ever <laughs> taken I, down a double bourbon on bro, the rocks. If I had a double anything, it would take me down at this point. Mm-hmm. We get to the kitchen. Niles starts working over Daphne like he usually does. Mind you, with his wife in the back room. She's passed out. What does it matter? What do you mean? What does it matter? It matters a ton. <laughs> you know, it's like, buddy, you can't. I'm speaking uh, sorely in their relationship. Okay. Uh, uh, he sniffs her hair in this one, and she even calls him on it. Like, did you just sniff my hair? What and, are you doing? Yeah. yeah. What the heck are you doing? And, you know, he just gets out of it. We see Martin showing off some crime scene photos, which I do really enjoy. This is one of my favorite <laughs> Yeah, gags. but does Martin only solve... Because, like, this is a different case from the one that he did earlier. So, does he only solve, like, dead hooker cases? Is he a dead hooker detective? Is that what's going on oh, with, with Marty man. Crane? Or that's what he, like... That's what he relaxes with, is just dead hooker cases. Cold, cold cases of dead hookers. Man, I love hanging out, relaxing with dead hookers. With <laughs> dead hooker cases, Yep. He showed he so he yeah he has all those pictures. That uh, sounds like a good Friday. Ready night. to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is nice that he printed them out and he's got the glossies. He's ready to take <laughs> them around to everybody. That is nice. It wasn't the tiny ones, you know. And that's what I miss about the old days. Like now, people just hold up their phones and it's like, hey, look at this dead hooker on my phone. And I'm like, you know, 
I've seen a million dead hookers on phones. Print out the glossy for me. Let me see it in real high res. Let me feel and touch these dead <laughs> hookers, you know? It's perfect. And, uh, and Marty does, I think, in the background, I think I, I saw him show, the after he after Frazier shoes him away from whoever that was, uh-huh. you see Marty showing the pictures to the pianist in the background as well. So he's, I okay. think, I think. There's I might be pianist. wrong about that. Yeah, the pianist is there. He's too intrusive, apparently, that piano player. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I think I did not pick up too much on the piano player. <laughs> he sure says that he's too intrusive. Okay. Denials. <laughs> that, that flew by me on this watch. <laughs> um, so, Niles eventually kind of quickly dumps Marty on Roz in that scene there. He's like, all right, uh, yeah, you watch this old guy. Yeah. I want no more part of this. Roz, you're beneath me in life. <laughs> Your so responsibility. You do it. It's a real annoying a-hole Niles thing to do. Such a white-collar, blue-collar <sighs> energy between them. Right. Old school. Uh-huh. It's like a tier system for <laughs> them. You're like, all right, buddy. So finally, <laughs> Martha Paxton does show up. Frazier grandly announces her entry like it's a, I don't know, like a movie star or something like that. Like, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom Hanks is right. here. Oh, no. That's my Tom Hanks impression, like, by the way. Like, do artists ever want to be introduced in such a way like maybe so but i think most of them are pretty reclusive i don't see like celebrity painters trying to get their paintings like banksy he's not no he's the exact opposite That's of that. what are you talking it. about good god i don't understand banksy obviously yeah <laughs> i can tell in many of our discussions i know your understanding of subversive street art is nothing <laughs> there's that plebeian mindset of mine again <laughs> so we moved on from that uh nothing really happens here other than frazier asked her to if she wants to take off her coat slash poncho and she kind of gives this pretty cool answer about how, no, she doesn't take it off so she doesn't have to shake hands with people, yeah. which is a very, you know, germ-friendly thing. I would imagine that's like a Howie Mandel tactic. Oh, for sure. Where he's like, no, I don't take off my coat, or no, I'm not going to leave my that's coat a, That's a, kind of a Larry David thing, for sure. Bingo. And, you know, nothing wrong with the fist bump, but I think they're even down with that. They're like, no, I'm not okay with the fist bump. I don't want to touch you at all. Yeah, so yeah. Th- that was kind of the biggest thing in her setup there, other than the, like, round of applause well, like Frazier, I don't, I, Frazier hears her say that and then immediately calls Niles over <laughs> at knowing that Niles, knowing full well that Niles will try and shake her hand yeah and you can see his face he gets a little there's a little treat for him to see that <laughs> to see that play okay. out <laughs> freaking brothers man so great. I, stupid brothers just screwing with each other all the time <laughs> boy howdy in one of the weirder things like i can't imagine this artist wants to come to this party for this purpose like she was the one that i guess that ca- like called how, right so but how what is the size of her ego that she's like not only do i listen to your radio show did you, you s- said my name so i'm gonna call did into you the see did you see her did you see her yeah, she looked pretty reclusive. She, like, no, she, she looks like the type of person that commands a room. Not so much. I mean, she she had a cool, eccentric look that, yes, I would want to vibe with her and, and chat. If you saw that like, lady walking down the street, wouldn't you think to yourself, who's that? Is she somebody? No, not <laughs> is she somebody. I would say, cool, that's somebody living their best life and doing their thing and Looks like they're into some cool stuff, but no, not a that somebody necessarily. See, that's my mindset. I watch people. We already talked about this. You don't like watching groups of people. I watch people and I see them. And I think, 
who that person's got to be somebody. They made something of themselves. <laughs> okay, they've made something of themselves. And then what I about, trick, and then so and the then pon- I second guess myself. Well, well, what tipped it off was it the poncho or the hairstyle? Where you're like, they've made something of themselves. It's their bald head. I, I, it's I, the baldness. I can take you downtown right now and show you plenty of baldies and ponchos. It's freezing out here in Dallas. Yeah. It, <laughs> If, if if I see a poncho bald if I see a bald woman a short bald woman in a poncho I definitely think that she is uh, somebody of some stature. Okay, that's uh, just how my mind works, man. All right, clearly you just think differently than I do. Absolutely, all and there's right. nothing wrong with that. Th- that's right. See, I allow you to disagree with me. I can't. <laughs> that's I can't. Right. You see, we've had a civil disagreement here. All right, so I think also she I love coleslaw. <laughs> Get out. Fuck this <laughs> fucking podcast. Uh, anyway. We're not bleeping any of this ever. <laughs> so I just reiterate, I think this woman would have been reclusive and it's not into so this mad. at all. <laughs> I'm fuming right now. Um, so Frazier sets up the reveal. Where I, again, I'm just like, she says she likes seeing where people choose to place it. In that, I fully understand. Like, yeah, I would like the, to is, see where I experience the piece. Go she ahead. says, where where do you live with your painting or something like that? Or okay. I want to see where you are living with this painting or something right. along those lines, right? So she seems far more into the art and into the experience than anything else. So that's why I will lend some credence to maybe what you're saying, that maybe she... This is just a happening and an experience, so she's more than willing to soak it all in. But sure. The, the ego side of it is weird to me, where she's like, somebody talked about me on the radio. I've got to call <laughs> in. What? You're having a party? I'll be right there. You know? I would like, love to come see my work in your <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. You're like, okay. Can you make sure my painting's on display when I get there? That's how small-time small celebrities do things. Right? Well, it's true. If you call me up or if you talk about I was me about say, You're a small-time celebrity here. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm known by literally eight people out there. <laughs> if, if we're so, growing, I assure you. If, you. if you, if somebody got a hold of something that you created and they were like, I hang it prominently in my in my abode i would love for you to come to my cocktail soiree would you decline them yes you're uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> put that to bed without, <laughs> without a doubt no follow-up Good. uh yes um you can invite me to cocktail parties maybe i'll go most likely i won't I will probably not <laughs> yeah i probably just want to hang out that night most likely <laughs> we'll see what i have going on you never sometimes i get into yes mode and i'll say yes to everything but no, most of the time it's, I've got kids and I gotta find a babysitter, and it's a whole to do, man. I've seen this happen before. I'll text you. I texted you, asked you to come over, and it was just the three dots for like twenty minutes, and then you never sent anything. You just ghosted years. me. You just yeah. ghosted me. Uh-huh. So that that's pretty much how you operate, right? That's true. Okay. So during this reveal, Fraser also sets this up where he's like. I, you know, he gives his whole opinion about the painting, the intricate details, the way all the colors work together. All he said this. It, it encompasses the zeitgeist of modern society or something. Some oh stupid, just <laughs> so ethereal and like just, you know, yeah, smart, smarty pants. And, and, and that's the thing. A lot of that art speak that, yes, you need to be qualified and no technique. 
but a lot of it's kind of like wine tasting as well, where it's good and helpful to know the regions, but also just say whatever the hell comes to your mind. Yeah. And you don't need to have a hot take, but have your take on it. To me, this tastes like this. To me, I experience this painting this way. I think it hits on these notes. And that's totally acceptable. Sure. That's what art is. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a finite thing. No. It's subjective. Correct. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know... That's fine that he did that. It just makes this next part all the worse. <laughs> Unfortunately, once Martha Paxton is shown where this piece is living, she's like, well, cool. Uh, I didn't paint that painting. Right. It's not my work. Yeah. And Fraser, well, before that, he's like, well, of course you didn't. You gave birth to it or something. You're <laughs> we like, all right, I see him trying like to spin he th- this. Yeah, here like quickly. he thinks that she's going in that way. Right. Like, that and she's, like, she's like, I, I, no, yeah. I legitimately, this is not my work. I didn't do this. I'm embarrassed that you brought me here. She didn't say that. But, yeah. <laughs> that was the vibe. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of the vibe. Like, you idiot. Um, and I think Martin delivers a zinger, like, and you thought I was going to embarrass you, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, give him the capper to get out of the scene. Keep basically. talking to the pianist. Yeah. So then we come back. We're back in Fraser's apartment. It was a commercial cut right there. And Fraser's basically just still fuming about the fake painting. That's pretty much it. He's just griping and moaning and bitching and frasering it up out there. Well, and it always, of course, it turns inwards to he got, you know, he got taken advantage of and he, somebody somebody pulled a scam on him uh-huh. and Fraser says he's going to return that painting to the dealer he's hopping mad and he's gonna get his money back god damn it yeah, and he's, he's like oh okay Fraser <laughs> he's kind of ticked yeah and like even Martin kind of picked up on it he was like are you sure you want to go down there yourself and I'm sure he's probably seen this like it's kind of like a scorned lover or an employee who gets let go early in the week and they're like no 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 no. do it on friday afternoon sure give them a couple days to compress so i think that's kind of the vibe martin was picking up on like hey man are you sure you don't want me to go return this for you <laughs> uh next scene we get to fraser in a new location not an exterior location yet but He's at the art gallery, so it's not Nervosa, it's not KACL, we've got a new location. A new piece of set design here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and this, this thing looks like a 90s art gallery, for sure. It looks about like what you'd expect it to. Uh, we meet the gallery owner, and he's a precocious fellow, is how I'll say it best. He's, <laughs> he's like a used car salesman of art, almost. Like. Bingo, there you go, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. like he's very salesman-y yeah. and... He's the gallery owner, so it seems like he's his own brand. It was such a it was such a car dealer line where he was like, "You're you're in love with it." That's you know, like he he just goes in and makes the assumption that he wants to buy it. I didn't make the equation, but that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, good good call. Because yes, now that I look back on the scene, it is almost identical to what a car dealership sales process would be. Like you said, from the. I see you looking at this. You love it. It needs to be with you. It's so fitting for your personality or some stupid line of, you know, it's like just trying to sell them bullshit. By the way, I don't care for paintings that look like that painting. Uh, I don't know if you were anticipating me going off on this one, but that, that is, that's Bush league, baby. That's that. Come on, man. I don't care if it's from a famous artist or a replica of something that's supposed to be, you know, uh, emulating a famous artist. I don't care for lines and squares. 
uh, I feel that they are mundane and they have not a lot of, uh, you know, I can't. By all means, I can't. You're just looking ready at to me. roast you. <laughs> so, so first off, let me f- rewind like here, four minutes when I was like, I don't go. give a shit what anybody's opinions are. Your opinions are whatever. If it doesn't connect with you, by all means, the painting doesn't have to connect to you. I don't care if it's a forgery or the reality. Oh, see, of I it thought or you were saying as a whole, like I could call, I couldn't call it bad, but I can say I don't like it. You can. So then, the so, so here we go. Roast me. Yeah, go. No, no, you're all good. <laughs> no, I just want to take people off course to say. Nobody cares if Jordan likes this painting or not. What I need to do is make a PSA about how I don't care for car salesmen. Car salesmen are what are the terrible thing here that we need to be talking about. Because you know what? He didn't care who the fuck was looking at that painting. He was going to walk in there and say, you love it. I think you should buy it. And that's the way every car salesman is. Don't believe them. They say you make the deal with the feel of the wheel. No. You do your research. You know what you want to buy. You don't listen to them when they say get behind the wheel of this because they're trying to pad their pockets. They want to make more commission off you. They want markup. They know what's moved. They know what's been marked up. Okay. They are trying to manipulate you and move you into that vehicle. But if you stand firm and you've done your research and you just give them robotic answers back, you'll get what you need. Now, hey, do your legitimate research first. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, then don't do that and go talk to somebody. But be aware, you're probably going to get moved into something that you don't care about. So, Did you get burned by a car salesman? No, we. I just work with car salesmen occasionally, and they're garbage humans. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I take it back. Humans, they're fine. They're legitimately good human people. The industry as a whole is very difficult to feel good about when they sell hunks of metal and they mark it up so good. So I did not put together that this art dealer was like a car salesman, but that is exactly what this guy said. <laughs> I hate said that one like. on the nose. Yeah, it is. And right. I did not pick up on it. So <laughs> I called him precocious, mainly because he instantly pours him a glass of wine. So yeah. that's common. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that Fraser, happens. Fraser dogs his wine later, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, during this, there's a cool physical gag where Frazier's got the painting in both hands. So the guy just pours the wine down Frazier's gullet, basically. Oh, yeah. and, you know, and he's like, here, here, drink this. And, <laughs> and Frazier indulges. He's like, oh, that yeah, it does finish nice. That's got to nice. be a tactic that they use all the time. Like, yeah. get him a little sauced up and they'll buy more no, stuff. And, obviously. The, and that's fine. That's done it. At good shopping places. Sure. That's done it. Restaurants. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's you true. order those yes it's done at hotels restaurants parties yeah nail salons you, there we go now exactly, i'm on the now there you go. nail salons all right i said restaurants you typically go in there to pay for those items <laughs> <laughs> it's built into the cost of the art gallery they're yelling you know, and hoping to close a deal that's why the complimentary I like how you're like, don- nope, not like that. No. <laughs> well, that's why the donuts are there at a car dealership. They're there like, all right, these people are getting their car worked on. We're going to charge them 150 for an oil change. Give them a free them 40 a donut. cent donut. <laughs> you know, like, we'll be fine. You're like, okay. Uh, so the gallery owner, I think his name's Philip Hazel or something like that. And he brings out some of his assistants after Fraser says, hey, this is a forgery. I bought this Paxton here and I want my money back. And the guy's like, no, man, can't help you out. All sales are final, buddy. All sales are final. And he says, all right, put the painting in the light. Let me take a look at it. Calls in a few of his assistants and they're like, yeah, I remember when this was in here. It's a wonderful Martha Paxton. Look right here. Here's the signature. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, yeah, it is. There's her name right there. (laughs) Yeah, her name's right there. What do you mean it's not? And you're like, okay, well, I just spoke with the artist, which is the true holder of like, 
I am the dictator of like who made this piece of work. Right. It, it was this something I even made, or is this a forgery of something I made? And I don't even know that this was a forgery. I think this was just a completely new piece. Like somebody they, just made something and put, yeah. Cause she was like, I've never seen that in my entire life. She wasn't like, Hey, this is a bad forgery of a piece that I've done previously. Right. And God, there's a, I should have looked it up. There's an awesome Netflix documentary about this kind of thing. That's like art galleries that have done this where either they've been swindled or they were in on the deal with people who were saying they were uncovering old, oh gosh, was it Lusco paintings or, uh, man, I'm sorry, I'm going to bork all this. Sorry for those <laughs> Netflix art people. I should have looked this up first. But this is kind of a real thing where sometimes gallery owners are duped because they think they're working with a good buyer. Sure. Sometimes the gallery owners are in on it. In this one, it did appear like the gallery owner was probably in on the swindle kind of. Right. Because he had no problem selling off a forgery or a fake. He really leaned in on the all sales or final. And then Frazier kind of accuses him of just agreeing with everything he says to tire him out. Yep. Great strategy, by the way. So Frazier would just say, you know, this is a clear forgery and this is not, you know, this is not allowed. And whatever you say, sure. Got it. You know, right. that was kind of the guy's strategy. Just trying to, yeah, just skirt the issue. Completely. Which I've never really tried because it seems very easy to call people on where I'd be like, hey, asshole, would you stop doing that and give me a straight answer, please? Like, don't you have a rebuttal to what I just yeah, said? I, I sure. get that all sales are final. <laughs> what are you going to do about the fact that you sold me a fraudulent work? And and we'll get to the kind of the conclusion about this, but certainly this guy would have dealt with this issue before. Oh, he, that's why he had these this bag of tricks that he was pulling out. He knew how he knew how to handle it, right? And so I'll get to that in just a second. Um, so basically, long story short, Frazier ain't getting his money back from this guy. No, he's not. But he, the funny line from that scene, I guess, was when he's like, he's like, oh well, I gotta go, and he's like, well, what is a freshly a freshly painted crate of Rembrandt's just arrived? Yep. <laughs> that's one of the best ones. And, and that's what reminded me of that Netflix doc that I will look up here in a moment um, and put it in in just a sec. I assure you, <laughs> I'll, I'll make Jordan talk for 30 seconds while I look this up. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the Rembrandt thing, I think that's kind of the type of swindle that happens where people are like, hey, an art collector that bought this 100 years ago, he was a private collector so it hasn't been in the public eye yeah, or it's like never it's never really been knows. released publicly or you can only see a right corner of it in a photograph taken of this person's studio right but it was never revealed to the public because it was a privately commissioned work you know and they've got some document that says hey he commissioned it but there's never like a signature from the artist yeah. or something and that's how a lot of these come to be is they're like no and somebody will go authenticate it based on signature style brush type that was available in that age period, of paint. age of the paint, yeah. exactly, all that stuff. And so some people are very good at, hey, here's how you make it look very aged. Yeah. Here's how you get these brushes that were around back then. Here's how you get these paint types that are very rare. And sure. You can make it feel this way. It's like so, forging money at that point. Yes. Yeah. Is it? I, I think that's why there's a lot of mafia trades and stuff in the art world. I don't know. I'm not in the mafia. Jordan is. So he'll talk here for 30 seconds while I look this up. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, the mafia world, I guess they're big on, on art. I wouldn't really put those guys. I watched a lot of Sopranos and you wouldn't see, you know, Chris dealing art to some dude. I feel like they'd be a little too rough and tumble for the, uh, you know, kind of 
light nature of art. But what you're saying is that there's a, that there's a seedy side, there's an underbelly, a seedy underbelly of the art world that we're not all aware of. That's right. So the one I was discussing was called Made You Look, a true story about fake art. And it came out in 2020. And it uh, chronicles the events of the largest art fraud in American history when the Nodler and Company unwittingly purchased and sold fake works by famed artists. Unwittingly, though. That's what it was. They essentially blamed it on one guy. And that's kind of the wrinkle of all this is that if you are good enough to forge someone's work and have it authenticated and good enough to do the signature... You are a badass artist. Sure. And so in this case, it was somebody who was able to essentially replicate the style and technique and execute it as well as these artists could. And sure, they weren't inventing anything because it wasn't a style they invented, but they did invent pieces in that style and sold it off to galleries and people bought it. And that's where it's like, well, it wasn't it shouldn't have been worth as much because the name wasn't associated with it, but from a technical execution quality, it's just as good as what this artist would have done. That's I'm looking, I'm looking at art painted by your kids on the walls. And oh. I think that, I think that your kid could replicate a Martha Paxton. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, I, you know how it would be interpreted by everyone. I don't know. That's the tricky part about it, but maybe they could. I don't know. I haven't looked at the Paxton up close and personal yet. Um, she any relation to bill uh poor bill paxton he's gone twister just an incredible film though uh so once we get back to frazier's apartment frazier is calling the police he's upset about this he's going to call the cops marty pulls a gag on him gives him the number gives him the number straight five, five, away five, three thousand yeah exactly and says yeah frazier ask for the fine arts forgery department <laughs> and he starts giggling like a schoolgirl over there on the side it's a good Old gag Martin. it is it's a good gag it's there actually are fine arts forgery departments, not in a local police precinct. Prank calls, though. in my opinion, are always good gags. Nobody, the people don't do enough prank calls. Is it? By the way, that's not true. We grew up. We grew up. Is this a Mandela effect? Prank or crank? Because people call them. Is it just that's just geographical? Maybe? Yeah, probably. I would imagine that's just a geographical thing. Like people in New York say they're waiting online when they're waiting in line for uh -uh. something. No, nope. yeah. don't like no, that. They do. They say it, and they're like, "We had to wait online for a really long time to get into that movie theater." Or like when people say "the" before like a highway, like take the five. Well, I think yeah, I think that's specific to California, and they do call it the five. That's correct. Uh -huh. It, I, I, you know, the, it's uncomfortable to me in Texas. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, we already have the New York weather. I don't want. I don't know we, if I need. The, I understand that is a tricky one. I don't know why they do that. I've only spent a little bit of time out there, but it it is. It's just linguistics, just man. It. I don't know. It's just weird. It is called that. Uh, so Niles comes out uh, of Fraser's room with Daphne, and they yeah. look like they just hooked up. Yeah. And uh, you were mentioning Big Bang Theory earlier. They did a little Big Bang Theory back there or something. Uh, but no, that was not the case. They're they were looking, looking for Maris's earring. earring. Yeah. yeah. And, even still, it seemed like there was some awkward sexual tension between just like Fa Fraser's accusations of them. They and played it perfectly, I would say. Yeah. But, I mean, the way they came out and th her hair was a little messy and she was, you know, pulling her sweater over her shoulder or whatever. And <laughs> this is where I don't understand why Daphne wouldn't be like, why are you talking to me like this? I'm in your employ. I was doing something for your dumb brother to help him with an earring. Like, don't get on to me like this. Like, what were you two doing back there? And it's like, hey, <laughs> chill out there's no boss. comedy in that yeah 
Daphne just takes shit from Frasier all the time. Where I'm like, stop taking crap off Frasier. <laughs> Give him a piece of your mind. It's Daphne. still fresh. It's new. She doesn't want to fuck up her career, her future career. <sighs> Probably true. Uh, so Frasier eventually asks Niles for the meanest lawyer he knows. And <laughs> yeah. they run off a couple jokes about I like, made my second lawyer sue the first lawyer. So <laughs> this one's definitely the meanest. And Niles says lawyers are the best patients because they have great health insurance and they never get better. I knew you'd like that line. Oh, incredible. <laughs> they are great patients. They always make money. And we'll freaking find out about that in a second. <laughs> um, eventually, Martin tells Frazier the system ain't perfect. Sometimes the bad guys win because they quickly realize, hey, you can go to an attorney. You're going to spend a, a fortune in legal fees, probably more than you paid for a local artist sure. painting. So, how much do you think you threw down for that painting? Local Ballpark. artist in a gallery, less than five. Oh, really? I, was, I thought I was going to say like large. twenty G's or something. I doubt it. I mean, even if she's a hot, I, I might be wrong. Twenty grand might have been what it is, but for that size painting, and eh, five to ten, five to fifteen, probably at the most. I mean, yeah. I know it's not like a sub thousand or sub two thousand, but if she's just local that's the that's the tricky part is like if she was a national or worldwide so, revered so she's selling i mean she's just a seattle five, artist five grand's nothing to scoff at i mean if i was drawing you know or or painting you know something and selling it for five grand or if even if i was like and you might making be, music I, and selling I, for high I actually five grand. It, if it were in a legitimate gallery i'm sure he probably paid 15 or something you know like you said 15 20 maybe but even that for a local I also don't shop art that much. I don't right? ever. So, yeah. see, how much is the gallery taking commissions off of fifteen or twenty? Is it a thirty percent commission no off that? No clue. I mean, they're not going to be selling, you know, like you said, sub sub thousand. Well, they might. I mean, like you know, eight hundred bucks, you know, or for something. I paid like four fifty for for a friend's artwork, uh, right? That was, I mean, f phenomenal. Really, sure. you know, it's not not just squares on a canvas right and that's where i thought on local scenarios like maybe they have their own managers in seattle and their own art purveyors that go buy local and then sell it to galleries but you would imagine that the gallery would work directly with the artist in yeah. those cases if she's just a local seattle person it would say hey you know yeah you've got 10 works completed or whatever we'd love to show two of them in our gallery sure. if you wouldn't mind that and hey we get a lot of foot traffic in here but if she's in such high demand Maybe she does one a year and it's a hundred grand or something like that. Like I don't know her level yeah. of output. I either. sure hope Fraser didn't drop a hundred grand no, on no, a forged no, no, painting. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> that's you have to balance. Like, what would he have legitimately spent in legal fees? And I'm like, I don't think it would eat up more than five or ten right. in legal fees for that right. to just file a lawsuit against this guy and then have to do a little bit of discovery on, hey, show me where you got it if it wasn't you what purveyor did you get it from did you you clearly didn't get it directly from the artist so right you know that's what i'm trying to estimate it off of uh fraser says he does want to slash the gallery owner's tires though yep. i like that he wants to go uh full scorched earth on the guy yeah he would slash his tires and he's like throw a brick through his window yeah. and yeah they get got that funny energy between him and niles where niles is like you wouldn't do that though fraser right <laughs> fraser and you can tell by the look in Frazier's, you know, slightly balding <laughs> he's head. He's not making any thing. eye contact with anybody. Yeah. And yeah, like he's going to lose it soon. <laughs> Just staring off into the distance, plotting his revenge. He is. 
uh, the uh, they get to the outside of <laughs> uh, the art gallery out there. And this is, I think, maybe the first exterior shot I think we've so. seen the whole series where I was like, oh, they're on location. Or not exterior, but like an on-location shot, and it might just be a back lot somewhere. Yeah. Um, it, I don't it, know if it's a real street in Seattle. It might be. They're still firsts because it's still so early in the series. That was the first time that Roz had ever been to his apartment for that cocktail party. They okay. mentioned that. He, right. she, he was like, did you uh, did you think that this is how I lived yeah. or something? You know, right, right, right. Good call. That's right. She does mention she imagined a lot of beige yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is our first on-location shoot here. He, we see Frazier outside of the art gallery with a brick in <laughs> hand. You can tell pretty quick he's going to throw it through that window. Now, I have a question. Did he, in more of an observation, did, he must have walked there. I think he parked around the corner or something. So like he was going to hop in his ride and, and take off, or he was just going to straight run back to his apartment. Well, just, he, I mean, unless it was right around the corner from his house, yeah. what other way would he That's have to Barbara get home? That's what Barbara said. Barbara was like, well, maybe he just lives. Maybe that the gallery is below his building. I that mean, would have to be very convenient for him, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I thought he probably parked a few blocks away, and he was like, all right, I'm going to execute this, then just walk casually, Lee Harvey Oswald style, just right out <laughs> just of here. Just down the street. Yeah, yeah. just going to walk down the street i like to imagine that i like to imagine that he was walking home from from work and he was passing by jolly you know all jolly on the street and he looked in the window and saw this beautiful work of art and had to have it and went inside and said money is no object and (laughs) threw a hundred thousand dollars at this forgery and that's that's a good point i wonder if he was so struck by the painting that he bought it or if he sought out one of the artist's pieces specifically and he knew that gallery had, had it. it yeah that's a that's a good call i don't know huh. so niles pulls up and tells a story about getting put up on a goalpost in junior high <laughs> you know that's kind of the big moment in this episode that he reveals Frazier stopped him from pouring sugar in the gym teacher's gas tank so i guess the gym teacher was kind of encouraging all the kids who strung them up on the field goal post does that is that dangerous or does that just like stop your car from working i think back in the day it would really screw up your engine i don't know that you can just like do that nowadays like i think i'm sure you can figure out a way to do it with a funnel or some shit but i'm not condoning that by any means i'm just i've always thought that like that's the equivalent of like placing a bomb in somebody's car like does sugar and gasoline explode or Uh, i don't know chemistry that well i've only all of my experiences from the movie kingpin yeah and I think uh, it's Bill Murray who pours a bunch of sugar in Woody Harrelson's gas tank. And it just there. won't start? And it just won't start. It okay. breaks down down the road or something. So no massive explosion. I think it just Fs up the engine or something okay. like that. I don't know. <laughs> Makes it less hardcore, but still, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure that was like the only prank that Niles knew back then. He was like, Screw here's what I can do tank. to F up this guy's engine and you know, probably cost him however much it is. I doubt it like i don't know i have no idea what it does to people's cars I have no clue All if right. you know go ahead and uh and email us at oh uh, man it speeds them up it's sugar you know <laughs> that's fucking right baby mm, that's right uh and fraser said told niles during all this that if you act like a barbarian you'll turn into a barbarian <laughs> which i mean i guess you know that's fine uh and you know it, it's a fine line i doubt seventh grade Frazier was dropping that on Niles or whatever. I would like. not be surprised. Do you know how long it takes for a human being to, to, to revert back to feralism to be feral? I have no idea. I think it's like 30 days. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. uh, 
I'm already there then. Yep. I'm there, man. <laughs> uh, so N- Frazier does reveal that Niles had some nicknames after this. So clearly Frazier knew about the incident and it was well spoken about at school because he was like, oh, yeah, man. And he remembers it very well. Yeah, he's like, you did deal with a lot of public humiliation. And you're right. If you put up with all that, then I'll back off. I won't throw this brick through this window because people called you peach fuzz quite a bit because <laughs> they saw your short and curlies and there were no short and curlies. What else did they say? Cotton candy or like yeah, some- <laughs> there was a bunch of other dumb ones. I was like, okay, okay, let's wrap this up, Frazy. I see where this is going. Uh, but I actually didn't see because then Niles takes out the brick. And he's just, he loses his mind after the peach fuzz comment. You can kind of see he it. It's that. Yeah. He's like, all right. And he's like, no one calls me peach fuzz or something like that. I can't remember the exact phrase there. And he just tosses a brick through that art gallery's window. Peach and, fuzz is the name of my MySpace page. Too, okay. So, and yeah. that's good. Yeah. yeah. I, the MySpace.com backslash or for, forward, forward slash, slash yeah, peach, yeah, fuzz. peach fuzz. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, and he, after he throws the window through or throws the brick through the window, Throw some cash through there, too. Says we pay for our damages in this family or something. (laughs) Like I forget what the line is, but we pay for our damages was essentially it. Yes, it was was, uh, a number of bills, too. So it could have been 520s or it could have been like five hundos. And he could have tossed in $500. You think he was just at a strip club? Making it rain, so it's that's just, why it just, just had just that six bucks. <laughs> yeah, he just had that wad just ready. Probably to go. he drives that. He has that Mercedes. He, he came rolling up in his Mercedes, and Fraser Fraser drives a Beamer, doesn't he? So Fraser's got the beams, and I, I don't know at this point. There is a great breakdown of all the cars of Fraser yeah. that I've seen out there. I'll I'll read. I did not put it together. Obviously, some cat went through the whole series and put together like during these years, this person drove this car. Oh, really? Dog drove this car. This person drove this car during these years. So it's a great breakdown. Wow, that's some in depth information. That's yeah. Some people go pretty in depth on it. They're not listening to this show. That's for sure. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Uh, and then they speed off. Frazier, you know, freaks out after they see or after he sees Niles throw it in there, and they speed off. See, that's why. That's here. why I think that he walked there. He was planning on just running away because Niles came up. Well, somebody could have given him a lift three blocks away. Like you just park your car walking distance away. You know, like not right around the corner, but a few blocks down. You know, it's Roz. Roz. Roz was the only one that would have been taking him there. She was the getaway driver. Yeah. Uh, credits roll. We see Frazier, you know, just resigned to hanging this painting in his bathroom. That's where it belongs. <laughs> Go to hell. It was a fine <laughs> painting. No, it, it, I didn't honestly look at it to see if it did anything for me. It just looked like a, a big glob of dark green or I can, something. So. I can appreciate art, but I did not appreciate that painting. It just looked like, you know, some, some trash. Yeah. George's a big, uh, big art Blakey guy. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to our sideshow this week. This was one I definitely remember watching as a child. Uh, so interesting to revisit now as a 37-year-old. Uh, this is Full House. Uh, the title, like I said, at the top, Smash Club, The Next Generation, a nod to Star Trek, The Next Generation. Oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yes. I didn't this realize is from that's season. Star yeah. Trek. Uh, the episode, there were no Star Trek references. No. That's what I was like. This episode has no reference to Star Trek. That was a whatsoever. writer. That was somebody in the writer's room that pushed for that hard. It's they so were like, dumb. fine, Gary, we'll let you we'll it's let so you dumb. call it that. Yeah. Season seven, episode six of Full House here. This one aired on Tuesday, October nineteenth, nineteen ninety-three. And what happened in this one? Jesse is surprised to learn that he has inherited an old nightclub where his band used to play. 
But he soon learns that reopening the rundown building for a new generation takes more than just good ideas, man. See, I misunderstood when you first told me about the episode that we were watching. I thought it was going to be that Jesse gets his band back together and plays at the Smash Club. And so I was looking forward to seeing him get up and cut a rug and, and see John Stamos, you know, bust some moves and some in some pants. I think he does that later and we might even have one of the I might circle back. So when the Smash Club finally opens, I do believe it's his band, Jesse and the Rippers oh. that gets back together to open the Smash Club. But don't hold me to that. This is my childhood memory. Full talking. Full House will always have a special place in my heart of hearts. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> I can like bad art. Tell me, tell me about Full House. Like, set up the series for me. The entire series? That, yeah. Oh. Just like a quick, <clears throat> quick overview of like, hey, here's what Full House is from a character standpoint. What okay. is it? So, so uh, daytime newsman uh, and uh, masterful anchor Danny Tanner uh, has a big family. He's got a big family. with. He's got three daughters, uh, and they all, of course, live with him at the house. And he's got a brother. Um and a bro- is is his brother his brother-in-law is is Joey. Joey is his wife's brother, right? I think so. And Jesse is his actual brother-in-law? I think brother? maybe one of them was roommates with him or something like that. I thought I want aren't they both uncles? They're I both related. Know. Obviously, I don't know much about the Maybe the they original, do both they are how they're related. Uncles. Yeah, they are both called uncles, but I forget if they're I like, feel like blood Joey, uncles or what. Joey is Greek and one of them like Yeah. How can one of them be a Grecian dude and one of them be Saget? Like one of them's through marriage for sure. That's Joey. Yeah. I I think the other one was just a college roommate or something. So like, Jesse's just a guy that like Danny so. knows? And Is he just, friends with Danny? I, yeah, I think he was friends with Danny or a roommate. Like I've done no research on the Man. origins of Full House, but they definitely both call him Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey. But sure. logistically, I don't know how that works. I mean, my kids call everybody Uncle. Or That's aunt. what I mean. Like I was like, I think it might just be a term of like, hey, he's like a, a close friend, it's an endearment or something thing. like sure, that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Good setup on the series Thanks. there. In this season, they've got like rando kids running around too. Jesse and Becky had some kids. Those aren't know? rando kids. That's their sons, Nikki and Alex. Yeah, rando kids. They're adorable. Uh, so let's just get right to this thing. It opens up with one of the most incredible theme songs ever. It was still on the Hulu. That they I cut watched. it. They not the theme song, but they cut the song. Oh, it was a shortened. It version? was shortened version because gotcha. I was. I, I mean, I know every word to it, and I was singing it full blast <laughs> while watching it, it's so having good. a grand old time. My wife was singing it with me. We were holding hands and, uh-huh. <laughs> and riding in the back of that convertible yeah and cruising and, up the golden and Gate they Bridge. cut it they cut out like an entire verse section that and means they had a lot to get to i had to pull episode. it up on youtube and re-sing <laughs> it in order to feel like satisfied get that juice yeah like it felt it felt incomplete and get so juice you know what i'm saying yeah uh well during this episode we see it kind of open with danny and aunt becky yep. who they're prepping for their morning talk show they like i said they do something called Wake Up San Francisco. Oh, yeah, Francisco. that's right. It's a morning show. I said it was a news, a hardcore <laughs> delivering the news. No, I think <laughs> it's, it's a morning a, talk show. That's right. Wake Up San Francisco. Hey, how's hey, it going? I'm Petey, Danny Tanner. Petey in the butt. Yeah, well, I don't know if Petey in the butt get you know local TV coverage, but maybe. I'll check it out. Sweet. It's more like Good Morning Texas down here or something like that. Okay. But it's the localized version, Wake Up San Francisco. So they're talking to like flower vendors at the local fair and yeah. <sighs> They're talking to Mrs. Doubtfire, from what I know about San Francisco in that era. <laughs> That's who they're talking to. Uh, 
they revealed that they're booking a sumo wrestler on the show later in the week. Great. I think that's just to set up some crap about Danny's injury. It was a joke. Later. Yeah, it was that's it's a setup for a joke. Like there was nothing there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe as a kid, they were like, kids love sumo wrestlers. Throw that in. We're like, all right, great. Sumo wrestlers are up in the ratings this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, big. They're really spiking right now. <laughs> you could see the executive coming into the writer's room talking about it. Jesse walks in dressed to the dressed to the rock and roll nines he's got like four necklaces oh he looks on, great he all, looks incredible by the way all those necklaces all crosses every one of them yeah at least four i counted yeah he's he's a big cross guy he knows what he's doing he loves crossword puzzles jesse's just that kind of it's cat. like it's a real chris angel vibe <laughs> yeah, that's right he was the original chris he was angel. the original chris angel chris angel saw his style and was like damn he's well known as that i need to go buy eight more cross necklaces mm-hmm. and i need to make sure my pants are a little bit tighter let's get those tighter and you can't get them any tighter than uncle jesse's pants those are as tight as they can get man and his hair looked amazing damn right it looked amazing absolutely incredible he was in makeup and hair for probably 20 hours or he just rolled out of bed and looks incredible best looking guy on tv for sure (laughs) definitely made me jealous i was like i did not grow up to look anything like the adult have you I ever was tra- really hoping I have would you, grow Have up you to ever look tried like. to wear an actual V-neck T-shirt because it does not work out well for my body style? <laughs> <laughs> I bought a pack of V-neck not T-shirts off of Amazon no, not too long ago. Put them on, and my I, wife was like, Mm-mm. "I don't do the vicious V often, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't have enough chest hair. You got to have the right ratio of chest <laughs> no, to chest hair. I've just got nip hair. I don't have any chest hair. It's just all around the nips. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a nipless, like a nipple shirt reference but there are none really except for the office i've got pink uh like nip, <laughs> nipple tank tops you know i mean like yeah i mean it's like the mesh you can see oh, them through there oh you know? so so it's like a penny like on like on uh uh for 51st dates okay i haven't seen that one in a while <laughs> but yeah probably that's sure. one of that's one of uh that's one of sam wise's best roles okay. sam wise gamgee i know that you're a huge wizard guy no. and you know exactly what i'm talking about hey, right now zoltar the fortune teller is as close <laughs> i'm willing to go to a wizard movie <laughs> that's pretty much as as far as i'll go i don't care about that's a big reference for anybody master or lord of the rings or harry plopper i don't people care. in the know call it lotr uh, uh, i call it <laughs> gtfo um so jesse roll, rolls in here finds out that a bar manager left him the smash club yes. in his will which is a club that jesse used to play at years ago Unfortunately, this is a big boy decision for Jesse. He's got to make a call on whether or not he's willing to actually restore this club and run it. That's a lot of work. Yeah, or just let it be turned into a parking lot, which I was like, dude, that's a good turnkey business. You don't have to do shit. On I'm about a to say, lot. I'm about to say, you still own the yeah, land, no? What? I know. I was like, dude, take the parking one of, lot. That's money. one of the best. Yes. Like a paid parking lot is one of the best things that you can invest in. In downtown San Francisco. That's what Frankie Muniz gave all of his money from Malcolm in the Middle to. Was <laughs> he paid parking paid lots. parking lots, baby? He owns those bad boys in, in like him. in L.A. I mean, just rake it in. My family, we go up to uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas all the time. There's one guy in that entire town that owns all the parking lots millionaire lives at the top of a hill big old house big millionaire guy just goes and collects all the money every day and that's sam walton he also owns walmart oh that's why uh, <laughs> he does own a lot of parking lots those parking lots are connected to walmart's oh and that's that, why that's why he owns them all up there that yep. makes sense okay it's unfortunate so jesse has to t- 
decide, am I going to make legit money for life off of a parking lot or invest all of my hard work and time <laughs> into, into dealing a, with a bar where drugs and alcoholism... Which were, is likely to be a massive money pit. Yes. You're like, <laughs> okay, Jesse, let's do the bar thing. And that's what he decides. It's too close to his heart, though. He yeah. loves that place. He grew up there. Uh, you're right. Rocking he, with Jesse and the Rippers. He man. grew up there. He's going to go in there and he was just ripping farts I mean, a beefcake like you has always gotten on stage and, and and you you understand that energy, that feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand something uh, about <laughs> Jesse and the Rippers. I was certainly more in the Ripper style than the Jesse style. But <laughs> yeah, maybe someday I'll get a leather vest. You yes. know, I'll go full leather daddy someday. Uh, one of the other subplots of this episode, other than the sumo wrestler, is that Michelle, played by Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, is turning Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky's kids that are also twins that both have to be in the show at the same time were there four of these kids that they could sub out no i don't know that's a good question because of like kids not being able to be on set for yeah. a certain amount of time i was like what a foolish decision to throw real twins in here that would have been that would have been a lot of uh, hurry up energy on on set when those kids got on they're like all right guys yeah, up, we got up. we got an hour let's go <laughs> okay, okay. and Throw you got to wrestle like they're like three years old mm-hmm. like, they're like my daughter's age so it's like you gotta i made a comment about that i was like how did they, that's immaculate how they got them to do just the littlest of tasks uh-huh. on stage <laughs> or on on you know get on camera together, kid <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> they just dangled sugar outside of them i that's guess all they did uh so she makes them clean up a room yep it was not messy at all. No, it was, was the just, cleanest room I've ever it seen. It was just a few. What's Danny's house? By the way, Danny Tanner is a massive germaphobe. Oh, that's like true. Clean, he is a big He's a clean freak. freak. Well, that must be nice and terribly stressful for his freaking children who have to keep their home in pristine shape or their father will have a nervous breakdown. A conniption fit. Yeah, yeah it was just a few odd. stuffed animals that were on the ground. Yes, I was like, there's five stuffed animals yeah. on the ground, Michelle, you lazy piece of garbage. It's only it's because they those kids are only on set for 20 minutes a day. <laughs> that's right. That's the biggest mess they that's could make they on could that do. set. <laughs> so then we go down to the kitchen. We see DJ Steve, Kimmy Gibbler, and Stephanie. You're a big Steve fan, aren't you, Steve? Kimmy, I am a big Steve fan. Aladdin is who he voiced. Uh, DJ Steve and Kimmy Gimler oh. open with a triple high five. You don't see many triple high fives anymore. The, Tough to execute. <laughs> no, because geometrically, they don't work very well. No, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. It's like, like a triple you kiss. Get... You remember the triple kiss from the early 2000s? That was like a big thing. I mean, yes, that was MTV's like entire marketing yeah, strategy for the a triple while. kiss. Yeah, they're like, just make out with two chicks or watch three chicks make out on MTV spring break. And yeah, like, all right. I mean, I guess this is what kids are doing now. And you're like, I don't think this is safe. I think our I think this is a big problem for America. We shouldn't be showing people on TV triple kissing this at spring is, break. This is absolutely not okay. Like, I don't think one of those was consensual. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. It gets too sticky, right? Yeah. They come in and start commiserating about how they can't find anything to do on the weekend. They don't want to go to the mall. They, they don't want to go anywhere. Jesse walks in, says, hey, uh, you know, I own a club and a bar. Maybe someday I will set up a bar for you kids so that you have some place to go that isn't, you know, 21 and up. Because he's like, hey, you should just go to see bands. That's what I did when I was a kid. And they're like, well, no, we can't go see local bands like Jefferson Airplane and these old 
fogies you're talking about. No offense to the JA fans out there. But I'm, I'm one of those fans. I love Jefferson A. Play. Yeah, I mean, they're fine, and so are Sonny and Cher, but Jesse was really picking the wrong acts to connect yeah, with was. DJ with. But that, that's kind of how this scene resolves. Is He's like, all right, you guys are bored. I'm going to open a club, and my model for the business is it's going to be an all-ages place. Right. Food, family-friendly, live music, restaurant, whatever. So, cool. Sounds like a pretty Sounds solid business Sounds great. Model. Sure. Go for it. Uh, the, so, Smash Club is where we go next. It's in disrepair. It's not a good facility at all. How would you explain this? You've played in a lot of clubs. Yeah, so it I mean, honestly, like the bones of it look like a club. It looks like a, you know, just a a, a piss smelling, you know, bar that you walk into that has a drain in the middle of it because there's just so much crap that gets thrown on the floor. Easiest way to clean it. Just hose <laughs> it just down. Hose it down and just right down the drain in the center. Hose it down and rag it down. Yeah, and it was funny because I was looking at the set, it really uh popped to me because it had a lot of 90s colors in it you know like the like those cups from the 90s that are you know that you see all the time uh it was just <laughs> i don't know what happened i don't know if this was part of the decor but there was just paint strewn like a pollock painting just everywhere as if there had been some kind of a paintball fight or something inside this place i too did not know if that was part of the decor or a signal Is of that vandalism it, yeah, i was right. like what i think that's what there because there was graffiti quote yeah. i'm using air quotes graffiti and i tried to read the graffiti and it was nonsensical okay like it just said like one one of them was like it was like snoop ooga braga uh-huh. like it's just you know somebody did not take a lot of time they were like hey you page yeah. you know we need you know guy that works on set we need you to just make this look like somebody came in and like a, a group of eight-year-olds after school got a hold of some spray paint and just messed this place up yeah i don't i think they're like hey the kids that watch this don't give a shit about what the art department does here just make it look zany or whatever so it was very colorful that's the first thing that i noticed it it was colorful and gray all at the same time Uh, so joey and jesse are trying to clean this place up for the bank lady joey is you know cleaning up rooting around below the bar (laughs) thinks he sees a rat and he shoves his head up through the bar basically gets it stuck in wood yeah and I think this is a nod to an old Laurel and Hardy gag. Dave Couillet, big Laurel and Hardy guy. So he was like, hey, let's try to put one of those things in here. If we're in this bar, can you rig it up to where I can stick my head up through here, sure. basically? So and he it's, helped out. It's funny that he didn't, he didn't, he held back on any woodchuck jokes. Joey's known for his woodchuck jokes. Yeah. Is that wood? And he always does the woodchuck. I guess it's because he didn't have the doll. He needs the doll. Maybe he had moved on from that at this point. Like This is I deep think, season seven, so maybe he's... Because he went into radio and advertising, and I feel like that was... Or I think I did actually look it up. That was a season before. So he mentions that I was in advertising with Joey once the bank lady gets there. Oh, that's right, because he's so already... Maybe he moved off of Captain whatever. Like well, Maybe he, he started with the TV show, then went to radio and advertising. That's and now, true. Lord knows what he's doing. He's Maybe he is Marketing still Captain or- Joe. I, I don't know, but he, he does make a comment uh, about how he can dust off some of his old stand-up material. So you can tell he stepped away from that kind of thing. So he's got a place to play now. He's been on a Coke bender for a little while. He's just <laughs> chilling. He's just... He's going through He's been some dating stuff. Alanis Morissette at this point yeah, in time, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 90s were a wild Woo. time. She, He got her all bonkers uh, in the head. So <laughs> he's like, okay. Uh, so the bank lady walks in. We find out her name is Mrs. Cook or Miss Cook. Sorry. 
and Joey and Jesse's plan is to like I said, give her an ad pitch, basically. Like, hey, let's show you how we would pitch in marketing and advertising. Mm-hmm. This is what we used to do. And it's just like a TV commercial. You know, like, hey, walking down the street. You know, we're a couple of fun guys. Can't find anything to do, though. Wouldn't you love, you know, basically setting up the business model. Sure, sure. Uh, bank lady could, doesn't give a fuck. No. You know, she's like, cool. Thanks for the pitch. Um, yeah, I love how J- Joey and Je- well Jesse more so has just completely missed the entire point of like talking to this woman about the business and his model of how the how is he going to pay back the money that he borrows from them. She doesn't give a shit about anything. So yeah, that. <laughs> that's- I also feel like she doesn't care about that either because she comes in and basically just asks about foundation, building codes, stuff like that. Where yeah. you're like. Yeah, fire exits and shit. Yeah, it's like yes, that's all necessary to have a building that is available to operate. But at no point in time does she ask about the the business model or anything like that. Like, how are you going to pay us back? Right. What's your profit margin here? Like, exactly. Because if it were me, I'd be like, all right. Well, do you have the money to like continue building this as a business? And I guess they just never get to that. Once he borks all the the building code stuff. It never even gets there. She doesn't really care, but, and we find out why later in the episode. Uh, you're right. So she denies the loan. Loan denied, Mr. Katsopoulos. No way. We get back to the kitchen. Danny sees his sumo suit that he has to wear. You know, again, these all seem just like easy gags that eight-year-olds would like. They're like, oh my God, he's got to wear a tiny piece of underwear. Right. So I get why this stuff it's is in there. Right. Yeah, it's not made for people like me. We're like, okay, it's fine. Put it in there. Okay. <laughs> It was family friendly enough where you're like, cool. I, I don't remember them making any fat jokes at the expense of sumo guys right. or something. You know, you're like, okay. Uh, Jesse comes in and says, hey, good news. I'm going to get another shot at the bank presentation for some reason where I'm like, okay, like, I don't Because they why. do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't understand why with the same bank, certainly you could go to a different lender at this point and just be like, all right, well, it didn't work out with that lender. Let me go try a different lender to see if uh, maybe my pitch goes better. I'll be a little bit more prepared. No, he goes right back to the same lady. They're in in San Francisco. (laughs) I mean, there's got, there's plenty of options, obviously. I was like, all right, Jesse's Jesse's, Jesse's like, we don't want to hire another actor. It's the same. (laughs) Exactly what it is. Uh Oh, so that's basically the kitchen scene there. Backyard, uh, Michelle's treating the kids like servants. Eventually, those little kids get fed up with it, and they're like, you're mean. Yeah. And they just spray her with the hose. Which was great, by the way. Those yeah, the little good, boys, good you cats. could tell. It's so funny because you could tell they, they had such a good time doing that little bit mm-hmm. and seeing their little faces as they got to like spray you know, the, a, a, a girl that's their friend because yeah. they're three. They don't know. They're just right. doing what they're, who's, what they're told. That was uh, that that made me laugh. That made me smile. It was a fun gag for sure. Uh, So Danny and Becky have to come out. The kids start screaming. All the kids, "Ah, you got me wet with water. Michelle's all ticked off. The kids are out there screaming. Classic. What's going on out there? Yeah. And I don't think anybody's supervised these children once in this episode. It's like Michelle's with the little kids. It's fine. They're cool. Just like leave them in the backyard together. I know. You're like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Oh, and this uh, also, this is definitely at the height or not the height, but this is like really when 
Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's career in movies started to pick up. No, like because they made God, like yeah, they were pretty deep 50, at this 60 point. movies. It, yeah, if it's ninety three, yes, they're like individual straight to video movie empire, yeah. and then a little bit of tons of them. Your TV little sister show. had them all. I, I am aware. Yes, they they had a big money making empire, but I like them. They're fun. They're fun little stories. I like the olsen twin movies oh yeah then. nothing wrong with those no no no, absolutely not i just wanted to point out that they're like mega they're they're the most mega mega stars on the on the show i would think at this point yes yeah, so much so that i think it ruined them from acting and yeah, show business i know that's and it's so sad i exactly that's unfortunate i feel that a lot of child stars are just like ah, oh, they didn't know that they were going to blow up to be so so big sure. and it's not their fault. It's no, just the no, way no. America was at the time. I'm like, super sensitive to that. I mean, I have a daughter, so it's like I, I could see, you know, how, like, and those poor girls, like, to be honest with you. Like, yep. Their parents definitely, I think, were some of the better ones about setting them up with financial security sure. for the future. So that was They, they didn't get macaulay yeah, but I don't know why they initially put their children in acting. You know, sometimes it's serendipitous and somebody just sees your kids. Other times, from a very young age, you're like, I want to have it's, a Hollywood child. It's so likely, I don't know. well, that, and it's likely because of the fact that they were identical twins. Identical twins are like yeah, a you can huge, yeah. yeah, you can get a lot of work doing that. Right, exactly. So that's the cynicalist part of me where I'm like, well, your parents just wanted to make money off you. Right. And that that's the kind of shitty part where I'm like, your parents had some role in this to begin with by ever submitting you to work as a child you know like that in and of itself is i don't want to go on a tangent but (laughs) it's a very weird concept to me where you're like they're just kids man and i know it'll be fun for them to be on a tv show but they're just kids sure just not a tv show that runs 11 seasons they they don't need to go to work they don't need to be working and i know if the opportunity's there and your kid wants to do it do it but it just seemed like they were babies in those yeah, first seasons. They were you know, babies. that's when like the, the parents definitely were like, the opportunity is here for me to cash in. It seems like we can do it. And I know nothing about her parents. So I'm wildly speculating. Sure. They may be great people. They may be terrible humans. Just the concept of like putting your kids into yeah. working anywhere. Well, no, the, and just tricky. These, and, and it's again, like you said, we don't know. We have no idea. We have no basis of this, of, of uh you know uh, an opinion here wild but, speculation <laughs> it really on. is but it's they they were they were like infants when they started that show that's what i thought i was like i feel like it was very young because it was like 88 or 89 or something i mean like i remember like michelle was like just learning to walk yeah. in that very first season so exactly. so i yeah we we don't want to digress no anymore of course on it. it's a weird thing to put your kids to work at such a young age it's weird but i agree hey, financial security security for the family elizabeth olsen comes from that family great actress as well sure so they're doing fine I'm sure. sure uh like danny and becky come out they bring up the cheesy kids music tell michelle not to be a bossy manipulator we skipped over where danny got injured during his sumo wrestler appearance mm. earlier puts a rump roast on his backside or something yeah, like on, his, that, uh, yeah. on his kidneys they didn't have any those. ice for some reason yeah then we go to the living room for some reason hey guess what the bank presentation is at the house. Yeah. Also, not something I think that the bank well, does. That, they that comes come to that, your house. That all the time. I mean, like if I call, if I call you, call you. I'll call you. I'll be the bank representative, and mm-hmm. I'm calling you back. Yeah, it's Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Uh, it's me. I'm the bank lady from <laughs> earlier. Uh, sounds like you're a little bit busy putting things up there, uh, so I won't keep you long. Listen, I want to swing by your place. 
And I wanna, uh, I want you to get another go. I, I think, need some blow. I think this is a good. I think I might have heard something there. I'm not sure, but um, anyways, I'm gonna be coming by later today. I hope you have a whole cut it up presentation for me. Okay, thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. <sighs> so I, I feel like that's probably a little bit how it probably would have gone in that scenario. Um, Seems like it to me. And yeah, if you knew that Jesse was doing wild rails and lines when you called him, yeah. you would show up at his house. You're like, all right, this guy's got the goods. He's doing blow. Let's get over to Uncle Jesse's house now. Sure. So for some reason, Jesse's all amped up on coke, I think. And he's memorizing building codes. I don't think that's required in <laughs> any way, shape, or form to be a good business owner. Not like, at all. Again, like, he's just missed to the point completely. Yeah, like you could just delegate that stuff out to someone. Like, yes, you need to know generally what you have to do to bring your building up to code, but I don't think you need to have a thorough memoriz- sorry, memorized understanding of what each code numerically associates with. Right, like you don't have to memorize the, but it's like he was preparing to become a code. Correct, like a code <laughs> authority. compliance officer. Yeah, where you're like, okay, man. So bank presentation starts going. Miss Cook is at the house. Everyone else is hanging in the kitchen, kind of watching this thing go down. Jesse borks it because he's trying to remember freaking building codes and yeah. make small talk or not make conversation, but just make his presentation via building code memorization. So showing that he's, yeah, impressing her with his knowledge of uh, yeah. of her job, technically. Well, not even her job because she doesn't give a fuck. She's like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So she don't care. No, she doesn't give a crap about Jesse that doesn't, stuff either. She doesn't pick up on that at all. No. <laughs> borking it from the beginning <laughs> so they run a couple gags or they send the kids in with like a sandwich and some other stuff to like show him building codes as if right. they also thought this was the right approach to cheat on the test that yeah, he, exactly. that he They're cheaters. thinks he's taking yeah what were danny and becky on this like they were all about you know cueing the music and giving the good lesson to the kids earlier but then they're like all right we're gonna help jesse manipulate and lie his way into this bank loan here that we don't think he's ever going to be able to repay right. but let's do it anyway like, oh, okay uh so jesse borks the speech but then then he finally he gives an impassioned answer as to why he he really wants to open this uh bar which seemed like, I mean, it was just the business model to begin with, where I was like, he finally just iterated the business model. <laughs> what to he her. was supposed to originally <laughs> say. Like, hey, you know, I just want to spread new music to a generation of people. He didn't say the words community value and, and benefit and impact to the community. Yeah. But I think that's what you kind of have to say to a bank is like, hey, I think this will benefit the community for XYZ reasons more so than a parking lot. If we need more parking lots zoned, let's go with that. We need more parking in downtown. Right. But I think the community would benefit from a performance arts venue that also caters to families. And that's essentially what he gives. That's a restaurant that has, you know, an actual profit margin that we can now report to you. Here's what we will be, you know, here's the time in which we'll be able to pay you back. Yeah, he does none of that during this. He basically just says like, it's going to be a place that's awesome. And like, I used to play there for years and I want my friends and family to come and it's a place for all ages. So he essentially wraps it up. Nothing about profit margins, nothing about how they're going to repay this, nothing about any of that crap. No. And the bank lady is like, well, 
<laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's just the answer I wanted to hear. I needed to hear something from the heart, not fiscally responsible, <laughs> just an answer from the heart. Which I guess is supposed to be like the lesson because all these shows, you know, spe- specifically this show, like you said, they cue the music and then there's like that after school special lesson that you learn. So I guess that's supposed to be the lesson here is don't memorize shit. Speak from the Speak heart. From just the wing heart it. And just, yeah, just be, be yourself. Grip and it and rip it. <laughs> grip it and rip <laughs> yeah, it. That's, that's it. That's what the lesson was. That's my oh, motto okay. in life. And so the Miss Cook says, Bank loan approved, yes. and the studio audience applauds wildly. It's what a time to be alive again. And, and it's and, and we and we hear the we hear that studio audience give a woo, oh, which is man. the kiss woo in in the the relationship woo. Uh huh. Yeah. But same kind of woo there. It's the nineties woo. Yeah. The nineties oh. woo. I miss that energy. Oh. Like I don't want laugh tracks, but that energy that married with children, like no point to it at all or the big Kramer, you know, entrance energy when that happened. Sure. Just fun stuff, you know? Uh, <laughs> then we get to the weird twist of the episode that didn't really need to be here at all, but was just like a weird twist where she's <laughs> it's like, the whole reason <laughs> where she's like, Hey, yeah, by the way, the bank lady, miss cook, she's like, Hey, yeah, Jesse, by the way, you mentioned you weren't a suit and tie guy. You're not. I like you better in a leather vest. And he's like, well, Mrs. <laughs> Cook. Or sorry, Miss Cook. I apologize. Yes. I keep getting it wrong there. How did you know I own a leather vest? And she says, well, I've seen you perform. <laughs> I used to work at the Smash Club. Like, oh, my gosh. Shocking twist. No way. And she reveals that, uh, yeah, she was a go-go dancer, and he picks her name out immediately. No, she good. starts doing the dancing move pretty quick. I so think. was Jesse supposedly playing this club in the 70s? Or sorry, cage dancer. What did she say? Did She, she say said go-go? cage. Maybe you're okay, right. She cage, said cage dancer. dancer. My bad. Sorry. I probably threw Which could have been in the era. Yeah, so. I think she was dancing in a cage in the 80s is wow. what we're led to believe. And so only 10 years prior. So she would have been... Uh, <sighs> she, looked, she, she made a career pivot. I don't want to... She did make a career pivot into that. And I thought about that too. I was like, damn, she went from cage dancing to bank loan she approval. Cage dancing her way through bankers. <laughs> banking banking school. school. I've always wanted to be a banker. <laughs> okay. She wants to be a banker. Well, that wraps it up. Uh you know, we had a lot of fun this week looking at Full House. Uh, some of these are geared towards your uh, the adults in the 90s. Some of them are looking back at weird stuff we watched as kids in the 90s <laughs> and watching them through a different lens. But, uh, you know. We're having fun. Exactly. This one, I d- it did not have as many viewers as Frasier. I couldn't get the hard millions count. But more people were watching Frasier. But a good family-friendly show. I've never watched any of the reboot. Uh, so yeah, I can't imagine. I tried to choke good. down the first episode and just yeah, couldn't do it. I, I was did like, not nope. hear good things about Fuller House. No, nope. um, you know, I'm sure there's dedicated Full House ha- Full House podcasts out there. Go Full House. That's the Full House. Full House is the German version. Full House. Full House. Come to my Full House. Watch my Full House. This go by Phil Haas. <laughs> I love it. I want to meet a guy named Phil Haas. Phil Haas. Phil Haas. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that guy. Don't you like to watch my shows? Don't you? Well, 
if you want to do something to help the podcast, go give us a rating or something like that, or you know, uh, hit the little star button, let people know you like it. Most likely, we will get a Halloween episode of some series that aired during the same week as Frasier. Spooky. Here. That's right, spooky stuff. Ooh, are you ready for some Frasier? And another TV show. Sideshow Frasier. Sideshow Frasier.